So we do not want you to miss If Gathering, and here's why. Because we're gonna come together, and faith grows when we come together. And we're not just coming together, a few of us. We're coming together around the globe. Last year, 144 countries joined us. Women all over the world, over a million women gathered together. Guys, and this year will even be more. And you tell me that's not gonna change things. You tell me that that doesn't change things. A million women around the world believing God, that changes the world. So you are not going to miss it because we are going to watch God together, bring truth to the lies that we've been believing. Help us scale the mountains that we have before us. Bring light to the darkness that we feel pushing into our lives everywhere and to tear down the walls that are dividing us. It can happen. I believe it. You'll see it if you join us March 4th and 5th. Come on. Welcome to First Baptist Clinton this morning where worship is warm and Sunday school is cool. Yeah. All right. Hey, obviously you see we have some uh, electrical problem today, but the, the beauty of this is when we all pull together in adversity, it increases our unity. And we are one as we gather together to worship the living Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm glad you're here today. If you worship with us today as a guest, thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. Um, we do have a, a, a welcome slip in your connection card in your worship program. Uh, you may fill it in. Uh, we worship through giving at the end of our worship, so the ushers will be at the door as you go out. Just drop it in the offering plate, or you may text the information to me. Just text NEW to FBC at, to 97,000, and we'll get the information. Also, I'll remind you, we are a praying people. Please share your prayer requests with us. The prayer request form's on the back of the, the opposite side of the con connection card. Again, just place those in the offering plate as you go out, or go to the website or the app and put your request on the prayer wall. Uh, we, are, we are a praying people. We want to to pray for uh, each other. Um, so today we worship, we worship the living Lord Jesus Christ and we step into the reality that nothing apart from Jesus gives us life. Nothing apart from Jesus brings light to the darkness we experience in our lives. In Christ alone, we have life. Let's stand together and sing it. Love 
I'm Roy Bachelet, the oldest deacon of the week in this church. <laughs> and if I can help you in any way, call me. You know, if you're a born again believer and love the Lord, but you're having a tough time in your life and you're wondering why God is not answering your prayers, Romans 8:28 has an answer for you. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Maybe God is trying to help you grow spiritually. Pray, pray, pray with me. 
Lord, I pray that as we gather here today to worship and interact with each other, I pray that we will give the Holy Spirit the leadership in our lives so that in all of our thinking and all of our actions, we will do what is pleasing to the Lord. Lord, I pray that as our church is getting ready to seek a new pastor, that you will help us to find the one that this church needs. And I pray, Lord, that he will be the one that everyone will approve of, and he will also be the one who sticks strictly to the Bible. I pray, Lord, that as we continue this day, that you will bless us and help us to grow spiritually, and that we will be a blessing to those people that we deal with. I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here today who has reached the age of accountability and feels the need to ask Jesus into their life, that they will do it today and not, pros not uh, avoid that, Lord, and keep uh, waiting till some other time. I thank you for Jesus and what he means to us and the love he has for us. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please remain standing. Our gospel reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 5. And let's read aloud together. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore left everything, and followed him. Luke 5, 1 through 11. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this morning we're going to take a, f a little stretch of time and uh, pray. We'll begin with some s silent prayer. We're going to play a little bit of music and um, just ask for you to pray silently. And then we've got two songs in a row that are both prayers. Um, the first one you will not be familiar with, 
but as we sing it, just try to join in with us. And then uh, the second one, you will be familiar, but both of them, whether you're familiar or not, um, let's spend this time praying, even as we sing.
stand together. We'll read aloud our psalm. This is Psalm 138. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Psalm 138. Thank you. 
know, I, I, I just, I love, I love you, this church, because, you know, when the, when we noticed this problem, people came out of the woodwork to say, can I help, you know, and they stepped up, they stepped up to, to help, and, and it's just, uh, it's refreshing. When, when Russell Christopher, who is a retired commercial electrician, who physically cannot do anything because of his heart, plus he has a, he and Lola both have tested positive for COVID. He called and says, is there anything I can do? You know, that's the spirit of this body. And um, I, I just, you know, we, we share in times of adversity together, and I'm trying to find enough light to read the verses this morning. I think I'm going to forego the reading of, of, the, uh, of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 uh, today. You know, we read, we read the Bible publicly together, and I read the Bible in my messages because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it's important for us to read the Bible and to hear the Bible read. Um, but I think in this light this morning, I will, I, I, I will forego Kevin's offering in me his iPad. But after my conversation about books last week, you know, <laughs> although after I got here, I thought, you know, I should have put my sermon notes on the iPad. Then I could have seen them uh, today. But uh, Paul, Paul recognized and dealt with a, a reality, which, which is probably going to come as a surprise to some of you, if not all of us. <clears throat> this is the reality he was dealing with. Some believers revert to acting like unbelievers. <laughs> that surprise you? Yeah. Some some churches, some, some churches um, operate with a very low level of spiritual maturity. Some churches behave badly. I, and the Corinthian church was guilty of, on, all, on all counts. So he, he, he reminds them in chapter 2 of just some of the basic true reality. I call it church life 101. Just the basic stuff. But it's not the kind of basic things we normally think of when we think about church life. Because what Paul's talking about is, is the work of the Holy Spirit. And our minds don't normally just go straight to the work of the Holy Spirit when we, when we think about church life. Paul, I'll remind you from from chapter 1, verse 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. Paul planted the church with a clear and powerful message. He wrote, I resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified when he, when he came there. To Corinth, and when he was in the process of planting the church, he made sure that 
His message was clear. It is a singular message. It is the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. But he goes on, he went on to say, it's not just this, this clear message about the, of the cross of Jesus. I delivered this message not with persuasive speech, not with, with uh, argument, not with eloquence, but it was delivered with the demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. And so when we, when we just think about, okay, here's a church. It's not a very old church. And they're struggling to remember the powerful works of God which was involved in the planting of their church. All through the Bible, people have this problem. We forget the mighty acts of God. God brings the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they come to Mount Sinai, and Moses goes up on the mountain, and before he comes down, they've forgotten what God did for them in bringing them out of Egypt, and they built, they, they made a golden calf. They made an idol to worship. Um, all through the scripture, we'll find story after story of where, of where God's people forget the demonstration of his power and we, and we slip away from him. This was what was happening at, at Corinth. They had forgotten the powerful way the spirit of the God had worked to bring about the, the beginning of their church. And, and so Paul... Paul planted this church not on human wisdom, not on his personality, but on the message of the cross and the powerful working of the Holy Spirit. Their faith, therefore, rested solely on God's power. And Paul's message was a message of wisdom. You know, at Corinth, he was criticized a lot. And we'll get into that as we get further on into it, into the, into the letter. But he was, he was criticized a lot for a number of things. But, and, and there were people in the church who saw themselves as being wiser and smarter and more spiritual than Paul. I, I recognize that's a little bit hard for us to imagine on this side of the story. But he said to them, I do have a message of wisdom. And Paul's message of wisdom for the mature clarified the work of the Holy Spirit with two principles which are outlined and expanded in here in chapter 2. The, so church life basic number one is what we know about God is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. The understanding of the gospel as the wisdom of God comes only to us through by the revealing work of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul writes to those who believe 
The Spirit reveals the message of the cross, and that was and which was in the mind of God before time began. See, this the appearance of Jesus, the incarnation, the the reality of the human Jesus is not an afterthought with God. It's not. It's not God looking at at the man and the woman in the Garden of Eden after they had rebelled against him and sinned and saying, now what am I going to do? God, God knew before the creation of the world from eternity, Jesus is becoming flesh. And Jesus is dying on the cross to take care of the sin of humanity. So Paul tells them, this is, this is the work of the Spirit. This comes to them from before, before time began. To those, to those who will not believe, Paul says the message of truth, or the, the truth of the message of the cross is hidden. They just don't see it. They, they don't get it because they're choosing not to believe the story. It's not they haven't heard the story. They choose to not believe the story. So, they, so for them, the power of this message is hidden to them. How, however, Paul wrote this. He, he borrowed from Isaiah when he said, um, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and no, what no human mind has conceived, the things of God, the things God has prepared for those who love him. You see, we, we can't even begin to imagine what God has prepared for us. And, and church life, basic number one, is the doorway to spiritual maturity is loving God. Paul, Paul has he's just helped us to see this in the in these first few verses of the of the chapter. It's not I, I don't get spiritual maturity by attending another Bible study or by attending the if conference, which all the women should do, or by attending the Global Leadership Summit in August, which all of us should do. You know. We don't get maturity from things we can do. The doorway of spiritual maturity is loving God. Jesus told us that, but sometimes we don't get what Jesus said. What's the greatest commandment? The greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and body. This is the way to spiritual maturity, loving God. And love your neighbor as yourself, the second. And against these two commandments, you know, nothing, nothing can stand against them. The doorway for you and me to grow and become what God wants us to be is not in things we do. It's in how we love God. 
Church life, basic number two. How we know God intimately is through the Holy Spirit. The way we get to know God um, and, and, and knowing, as Paul will use later, this understanding and knowing the mind of Christ comes by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. The Spirit, it says in verse 10, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So when you and I come to confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our lives, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes into our lives, takes up occupancy within us. And Paul, Paul wrote, so we may understand that God has freely given to, what God has freely given to us. This is what we speak, not in words taught with human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words, verses 12 and 13. You see, we receive the Holy Spirit, and it is the Holy Spirit who, living within us, knows the mind of God because the Spirit, Holy Spirit is God, and he reveals to us um, his glory. He reveals to us his holiness. He reveals to us his majesty, and we fall more and more in love with him. Because when we receive the Holy Spirit, it, it changes our capacity to know God. The author of Ecclesiastes said that, that God, God puts eternity in the heart of humans. And Others have said that we have this God-shaped void in our life that can, and we seek to fill this void that can only be filled with Jesus. You see, what happens is we have a, we have a capacity to receive the message of Jesus and we give our hearts and our lives over to Jesus. And when we do... This Holy Spirit moves into uh, our lives. And when the Holy Spirit moves in, the Holy Spirit increases our capacity to know God. Paul, Paul said, to the person without the Spirit, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. But to the person with the Spirit, so get this, the person with the Spirit, that would be each one of us who is a believer in Jesus. To the person with the, the, person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. Such a person is not subject merely to the human judgments. In other words, God gives us some insights about 
What's happening in our world? What's happening in our lives? What's happening in our family? We are not left alone because his spirit is at work in us, helping us to know God and know him better. The Holy Spirit works through, the, through both teachers and learners. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit uh, empowers teachers among us to know and to declare and to explain the truth about Jesus and the mind of Christ, so to speak. And, and the Holy Spirit empowers us as learners to receive and to understand and to appreciate the things of God and the mind of Christ. And we, we, are, we are constantly being crafted, as Paul will say later in his Corinthian letter, we are constantly being crafted into the likeness and image of God. And our capacity to know God intimately is the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And humans do not find this truth. It finds them. You know, I, you can look for it, but it does, you can't necessarily find it. But it finds us. So the basic, basic church life principle, or basic number two, is that just humans do not find it. It finds us. The Holy Spirit comes upon us. The Holy Spirit calls us and, and first into a relationship with him. And then he fills us so that our relationship with him is constantly growing. The mystery that Paul talked about is the truth revealed by God. It's truth not discovered by human uh, in investigation or argument. When, when the truth finds us, we have the mind of Christ. And so Paul ends this chapter with this bold statement, but we have the mind of Christ. It's not, it, the reality is he has come into us and the spirit is giving us understanding we would not otherwise have. It is, it is God who has given us by the work of the Holy Spirit this capacity to know God and to know him better. So this, this pathway to maturity is a life in the Holy Spirit. The doorway is open, open to us as we love God. And it is cleared, the pathway is cleared before us by the work of the Holy Spirit giving us the capacity to, to know God and to know him better. Every single day, you can know him better. Because maturity is a process. It is not a plateau. Maturity, spiritual maturity is not some, it's not a goal to attain. It's a lifestyle to live. It is, it's not, it's not a plateau to reach. It is a process. And, and none of us 
ever reach the plateau. We, we never reach the goal until Jesus says, welcome in his presence, either by death or by his return, you see. There were a few folks at Corinth that thought they had arrived. Once in a while, we meet people who think they have arrived. Truth of the matter is, none of us arrive. We are constantly in process. So, for believers this morning, which most of us today probably in this room are believers, for believers, we, we need to remember the, the counsel, the wise counsel of the Proverbs. Trust not, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. The course to spiritual maturity is trusting in the Lord, not leaning on my own understanding. The, the highway to spiritual maturity is submission to his spirit, surrender, yielding, not taking charge. making myself available. And when we do this, when we yield our spirits to his spirit, he directs our path. And we grow in our understanding of him, we grow in our love for him, and we grow in our love for each other. If you happen to be with us this morning and you're not yet a believer, just as I said to believers to turn to the Lord and lean not on your own understanding, the, the, the first step for us if, as not yet believers is to trust God. He loves you incredibly, enough to die on the cross for you. So we trust God and understand, just understand how much he loves you. And when I begin to understand how much he loves me, then I am in a position to repent of my sin, to turn toward God and to turn away from my sin because his love compels me to turn toward him and to forsake my sin and seek to follow him. And when you add these things together, you get a new life in Christ Jesus. And the new life can be yours today in the confession, Jesus is Lord. And so we're going to sing our song and give you the opportunity to respond this morning. If, you're, if you are in the room and you're looking for a church home, you're a believer, you're looking for a church home, uh, we would welcome new members at this time. 
We exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. But if you're here today and you're not yet a believer, would, would you just turn your life toward him and he will give you a great new life. If you join us online this morning, just go to our website, firstbaptistclinton.church and click the I want Jesus in my life button. Or you may call or text me at 660-890-4150. I'd love to have the conversation with you about how you can have a new, an, an all new life in Jesus. We stand together and sing in the room. If you need to make a response, please come and share it with me here at the front this morning. If you need to come and pray, come kneel and pray.
week as you and I go out in our community and beyond, let us go growing in our love for God and using his love for our neighbors as the bait while we fish for people. Amen? Amen. Trust. 